Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Happy Friday, October 6th. Even though the clock behind me says Thursday, it's the uh, we're re- recording this in the afternoon of the 5th. We're going to bring on Jane Hammond in just a few moments. Uh, she's a good friend and uh, fellow warrior in the ministry together. So we're, we're going to really enjoy her prophetic word for the year. And um, I think she's going to talk a lot about 5784. If I think, I think I got that number right. Uh, yeah, because it's the four always remains the same if, it, if it's about to be uh 2024 <clears throat> excuse me 2024 then the hebrew year will automatically falls on a four um the four 50 57 34 sorry jane i'm butchering this we're going to bring you on in a second but quickly we're going to run a quick spot about the wells that you are so generously digging for the people of of the land of uganda mainly so here we go with that every day people in africa are faced with an impossible decision dirty water or no water at all. No one should have to make that choice. Together, we can help by providing clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. And as always, I just want to thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, your giving is just always amazing to me. It doesn't stop. It keeps flowing. You don't say, oh, I'm getting tired of giving to those wells. You know, usually when I'm out and about and meeting the people, the people say, I love the prophets and I love the wells. They just almost always say those two things. Anyway, we're going to bring Jane Hammond on. So we're looking forward to that. So here we go with Jane. Jane, it's so good to see you. Hi, from, Steve. From How the, are you? Good. How are you from the great state of Florida? Are you yes, are you sir. home in Florida? Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I wear. You commented on my tie. I decided to do the tie thing, and it kind of suits me now. I remember someone giving me a word years ago, saying, "And when you go on the air, don't use a tie." And I didn't <laughs> for a long time, but I put it back on. I don't know. It suits me or something. Wanted to make sure I wasn't underdressed. No, no, you're good. I mean, especially when we were start talking about all the political stuff, and I wear red, white, and blue to match. <laughs> I don't want to get too corny, but you know, sometimes I'll wear wear the colors to match. But hey, let's talk about for a minute uh, two things. First of all, you were at, with Robin Bullock. Was it last week or the week before? Oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, two okay. weeks ago. I happened to be watching live, and then I went back and we we played that. We ran that the the following something, maybe not Monday, but Tuesday, but we ran that because uh, it was very a big blessing to both Robin and Robin Bullock. And is this the first time you've been out with him? It is. It is. They're great people. They have a great work going there. They were very blessed by that word as, as were our viewers. So I'll remind our viewers that it was like, it's not 30 years ago, 29 years ago, I took advanced prophetic training from the school and Bishop uh, Bishop Hammond was the primary teacher, but there was also a guy, coincidentally named with my same name, who was a teacher that I, Steve Schultz, not the same guy. I've had people thank me for giving them this word or that word. I go, no, that's the other guy. I'm this Steve Schultz. So, <laughs> but right. yeah, were you teaching there uh, in 1994? Um, I may not have been at that particular session. We've been training people in the prophetic for 40 years now, wow. and uh, we've had we have quite a number of teams. Right now, we're running a um, 90-day school of the prophets that we do a couple times a year plus our advanced prophetic trainings like you attended good, good. that's okay. the school of the prophets that's right and people can uh scan that qr co- code or they can just uh text uh the and they prophet. need okay they got it so they can text or scan the qr and what about a website if they want to um, go uh, uh school the prophets dot us okay or they school. can text the word profit to five five four 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 Okay, and, and again in January. Okay, and this all online? Is it virtual? Online, this is all virtual. And we teach on things like activating the prophetic anointing in your life, activating the seer gift, the seer anointing, dreams and visions, um, operating in spiritual authority, being a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? Um, we do mentoring and uh, wow. bishop 
itself kind of jumps in. It's a great 90 days that will absolutely transform people's lives. So we've been doing this for a number of years now. And of course, um, we have our advanced prophetic trainings, which are in person. And I yeah. think our one for that is in February. And you can just go to ChristianInternational.com to find out about that. And then we also have our International Gathering of Apostles and Prophets that's actually starting a week from Monday, um, October the 16th through the 19th. We're going to have revivalist Kim Owens here. She is dynamic. And uh, her daughter, Jessica, is going to be leading worship one of the nights. Uh, Prophet Dean Mitchum, who is our own worship leader, will be leading worship the rest of the time. And then Tony Ariamy. I don't know if you know him yet, Steve. but Not he is yet, no. He's a dynamic uh, minister that was raised up under Dr. Sharon Stone over in London and awesome. Nigeria. And man, he packs a punch when he prophesies. Really? Really? Dynamic word. So can't encourage people enough to uh, to join us either in person or online. It's going to be a life changing. You know, and, and 30 years ago when I took that training, you know, of course, they all I'm sure they say the same thing today. They said, now, don't go back to your church and tell them you're a prophet. Just. Just go and when you pray for people, prophesy. And I did that. I didn't tell anybody I was a prophet because I still don't say that about myself. But I, I, I went down there. I was on the prayer team already, so I would pray for whatever they said their need was. I had learned in that long weekend. I think it was four or five days or something. And uh, I would just start prophesying. I said, "I'm hearing the Lord's." All of a sudden, I'm getting lines formed, and people are coming. And one thing led to another. Then they invited me to be on the pastoral staff and become a pastor there, because uh, and then they invited me to come over and prophesy over the pastors. That happened just really rapid succession after that. It was very. You guys have a real anointing to teach people how to prophesy and to activate people. Bishop Hammond's still going strong. He's 89 years old now, and um, he is zooming around to conferences and prophesying over leaders everywhere. And uh, he said to be sure to tell you he sends his oh, love. Oh, that's that's peace. great. I love him. You know, and he that guy has more energy. My mom just went home to be with the Lord at 88, and she got really frail and very slow. But Bishop, every time I hear him, he's still going a mile a minute. Yeah, he makes he makes me tired. You know, so <laughs> at, the, at the end of the year, he compares how many miles did he do, how many miles I did, and, and I'm always like, "You win. You're 30 years." Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! Uh, what else did I want to ask you? Uh, how many how many prophets? I know you guys have a number that's probably in your head about how many prophets you've trained or prophet people you've trained to prophesy might be better. I mean, we've tra we've trained over half a million people, you know, in the prophetic around the world. And we have not just the ability for us to train, but we have a, a little thing that we say around here is that God's called us to be reproducers that reproduce reproducers. Oh, I love and that. So, so whether you're a prophet or whether you're a prophetic person, we believe the scripture says everybody should prophesy. Jesus said, my sheep hear his voice might hear my voice. And so we believe if you're a believer, you should hear the voice of God and everybody can hear the voice of God. So That's we specialize so in training prophetic people, but also training people that operate in the prophetic mantle as well and understanding what that carries. And so we, what we do, we believe the word of the Lord brings life. Yeah, you do it. And I, I, I just say this one last thing, you know, to the people, if you go to this, I didn't even know we were going to talk about the school, but I love the fact that we're talking about the school because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And three years after that, uh, I started the Elijah List. It wasn't; it was just not even a thought in my head at that time. And then when I started seeing people, this is like again 1996, and people are putting prophecies online about you know the church is a stench in the nostrils of God, and God's people are a stench in His nostrils. And I thought this is not the way I was trained. This is no. not the way to do it. Because of my training with CI, I thought that's what's my DNA. And I started the Elijah list. And I thought, I'm just going to find words along that line and publish it. And now the rest is history. But anyway, <laughs> it started with CI, Christian International. So, Well, the work that you provide for the body of Christ, Steve, is just absolutely invaluable. So thank you so much for doing well, that. Thank you. Well, I guess we'll turn this over to you. So I'm going to just turn it over to you. You've got, kind of got a word uh, for the year. Is that right? I do. You know, every beginning of the year in January, we just kind of focus in and see what the Lord's saying for that year. And then, of course, in the fall, when we hit the Hebraic New Year, um, I just have always felt, you know, to do the same. And so um, this is the Hebraic year 5784 for those of you that are tracking with that. 
Um, yeah. For those of you that need to know, it's 2023. Okay, you should have that figured out. By yeah. now. <laughs> okay, we are in the Hebraic year of 5784. And uh, this, whenever you talk about this, um, we like to focus on the last two digits of the year to just kind of gain some prophetic insight and Hebraic understanding about what the year is going to look like and then kind of launch from there into some of the things that we feel like the Lord is saying. So obviously this is the year 84. The 80 in Hebrew is the word pay. And the word pay is a word that speaks of the mouth. It speaks of sound and your voice. And so we need to pay attention to obviously to the voice of the Lord, because I believe that one word from God absolutely changes everything. Uh, but we also need to pay attention to what's coming out of our own mouths, what's coming out of our own voice. Um, you know, I think that it's I think that it's really interesting in Psalms 82, verse 10. It says this in the Passion Translation. It says, Open your mouth with a mighty decree. Mm. I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak. So shall it be. Mm. Wow. wow. Uh, I just think that that's a powerful verse for this season as God is emphasizing to us the decade of the mouth. And we have to understand that we're in a voice war, Steve. Um, mm. I mean, turn on your television, turn on any kind of media that you've got going on. And you understand that there's different narratives that are being advanced and you've yeah. got to be able to be very discern discerning about which voice you're listening to yeah. and which voices are shaping your understanding for the season that we're in. So I, I really do believe that that we're in a voice war. Um, there's there's voice narratives that are being released. And I believe that God's going to give his people discernment to be able to distinguish the truth from lie. And uh, the, the, the things that are true from the things that are fake news, if you will, yeah, yeah. Um, and that God is going to begin to, uh, to elevate the understanding of what is being released through sound and through the voice. Um, and then, of course, this is paired with um, the number four, which is in Hebrew. The fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the word dalet. And dalet mm. is the word for door or the word for gate. Let me say this about about the voice is um, I, I think it's so funny that a few months back I was driving along in my car um, because uh, because we live in it. We live in a voice activated society. So when you pair the voice with the door, I believe what the Lord's saying is that we're living in a time of the voice activated door. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, that's good. So doors yeah. are going to open, but they're just not going to just swing open and, you know, just all by themselves. I believe that we're living in a time of voice activated doors. Now, some of our viewers today might have Alexa in their home. I, I don't personally have Alexa in my home where you can say, Alexa, turn off the light. Um, Alexa, um, lock the doors. Alexa, lower the blinds. I don't have that in my house. Um, I was sharing this on online and uh, all of a sudden somebody's Alexa started. <laughs> oh, no. So, that's, 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 why, that's why I won't have one in my house either. I don't, I don't have Alexa, but listen, we all have these other devices yeah. mm -hmm. and our devices are listening. And it really helped me to, to understand this a few, a few months back when I was driving along in my car and I was praying in tongues at the mm. top of my lungs, just driving and, and praying in tongues and out of the floorboard of the car on the, uh, the passenger seat, Surrey spoke out of my purse and said, I'm sorry, Jane, I don't understand a word that you're saying. <laughs> and so I kept praying in tongues and she said, Jane, I'm sorry, I still don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> so I was waiting for Surrey to break into uh, tongues and interpretation. <laughs> interpretation. That's hilarious. Um, oh. But we're in a time when our voice is activating things. So when we hear from heaven, when we start hearing what God says and then saying what God says, that, my friend, is prophecy. Yeah. Hearing what God says yeah. and saying what God says, yeah. that is prophecy. And I believe that we're living in a time right now that we need to understand that God is opening doors before us. Jesus, first of all, he said, I am the door. He said, I, I'm the door to the sheepfold. And I, he says, if, if any man enters by me, he shall go in and out and be saved. Uh, and find pasture. In Revelations chapter three, 
um, verse eight, it says, see, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. And um, when when you look at the Isaiah 22, 22 scripture, you know that God said that I've given you the key of David that opens and no man shuts and that shuts and no man opens. And so, uh, Steve, I, I truly believe that we're in mm. a time right now that God's setting open doors before his people, open doors of miracles, open doors of opportunities, open doors of advancement for the kingdom of God in the midst of the earth. Whatever you feel like you've been in a situation where you've been stuck, mm. I believe the Lord's saying that sometimes he, he's taking us out of a season of closed doors into a season of new opportunities, new advancement, new favor, and bringing us into a brand new season. Um, and so I, so that's really kind of what the Lord initially put on my heart. And um, he began to kind of take me on this journey of studying doors and one of the things that I really felt like the Lord said is that it's not just a single door, it's a double door that God is opening during this time. And, and that took me back to Isaiah chapter 45, um, a passage about Cyrus. Oh, yeah. And, and when you, I actually wrote a book about Cyrus. It's a self-published book. I've got a copy here. You'd have to get it through ChristianInternational.com. I didn't, we didn't do a graphic on that one. But I wrote it in the year 20, in the year 2000. I was and going to I, ask you when you wrote it because it's so relevant today. Yeah, I wrote it in 2000, but it really is for this time and this season that we're in right now. I feel I feel like it was a book that was a little bit before its time because yeah. people read it and they went, I don't really understand what you're saying. But now everybody really kind of grabs onto this concept. But in Isaiah 45, it speaks about this man named Cyrus. And it says, it says, uh, the Lord says, thus says the Lord to his anointed. And that word anointed is actually the same word that's translated Messiah. Really? Yeah. Really? Now, obviously, Cyrus was not the Messiah, right. but he was a Messiah. He was a deliverer. He was one that the Lord was sending to set people, his people free and to establish the nation of Israel once again. And so he says, thus says the Lord who said of Cyrus, whose right hand I've held, to subdue nations before him and to loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors mm -hmm. so that the gates will not be shut. See, this is speaking about bringing nations into alignment. This is about God bringing nations into alignment with his divine purpose and his divine plan. And then it says that I'm going to open before you the double doors and the gates will not be shut. And then it goes on to say that I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. See, I, I believe that's very relevant for the time yeah. that we're in right now because we're living with a lot of crooked places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. And I mean, I, and, and it's not just symbolic. It's literal, uh, literalistic, maybe is a better way to say it. In other words. He means he's going before you and the things that are just twisted and turned, he's going to make it like a straight path. It's kind of a yeah. literal thing. Absolutely. And then it goes on and it uses the very famous passage that we all often use when it says, I'll give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, am the one that call you by your name. It's very interesting when you study ancient Babylon, what they would do is they would go in and they would. Um, overthrow their enemies and they would gather up all their wealth and all their weapons. They'd bring them back to Babylon and they would, they would bury them in these deep underground vaults or storage places. And so when it says the treasures of darkness, that doesn't mean like a place with treasure chests in it. What it actually means is the underground armories of weapons. Really? Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And then it says, then I'll give you the hidden riches of secret places, which is the treasure, which is the wealth. And so I think in this season of time, God is upgrading our spiritual weapons. Now, if you're a military person, you do not want to be fighting a battle and the, and the battle that we're fighting today, you don't want to be fighting it with outdated weapons. You don't want to be fighting it with World War II weapons. You want to be fighting mm -hmm. it with modern weapons that are the same kinds of weapons, but they're upgraded. And I believe that God's going to be using the, the same weapons of prophecy and praise and, and decrees and wealth and all these things to advance his kingdom and to shift nations in this season of time. Uh, but he's upgrading our weaponry in the midst of this process. Good. As Good. we're coming through the double doors, God wants to put new spiritual weapons in our hand. Because I think that really the battle is, and we'll talk about the doors in a minute, but I really think that the battle is threefold. The, the battle is about 
who is it that we're worshiping? When you're talking about battling for nations, here's the three things we got to battle over. Number one, who is it that we're worshiping? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And in America, I know that we've got people watching from different places in the world, but in America, we were founded on Judeo-Christian uh, principles and Judeo-Christian foundation. But there is a new religion in town that is called wokeism. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And it's a religion. It's not just an ideology. It's not just a philosophy. It's a religion. Come on. People are lining up to it. They're selling out for it. They're willing to die on that hill. It's talking about gender ideology. It's talking about climate change. It's talking about uh, atheistic, agnostic, antichrist kinds of agendas. Um, and all of these things, you know, really formulate a new religion. Well, that and one of the things you, you said, they're willing to die on that hill. They, they're willing to let major public companies go down the tubes rather than bend. If they want to put a trance in there to promote their beer, they, they don't seem to mind if we make them go bankrupt. It yeah. was part of their religion to, to do that to the last breath, right? I mean, it's like. Right. So it's a religious war. You know, yeah. we all understand it's a voice war, but it's a religious war. And if you don't line up, we'll cancel you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, it's um, it's it's a dangerous thing that's happening in the land. So the first thing is you got to look at is who's who's um, being worshipped. The second thing you got to look at is who's making the laws. Yeah. You know, because that deals with legislation. And the third thing is who's controlling the supply lines. So it's about it's about uh, worship. It's about the legislation and it's about the wealth. So mm -hmm. we have to understand that all of these are contributing factors to the war that we're waging. And so the church has got to wake up. That's part of what the awakening is about. It's not about being woke. It's about being awake. Yeah. And that wants to bring us into this season of engaging in spiritual warfare with upgraded weapons so that we can start pushing back the gates of hell. Because the promise from my Bible is the gates of hell will not prevail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I mean, and this is it's good to hear that repeated because we, I mean, let's face it, the last, since about 2020 and the COVID thing and people being bound to their houses for a while, you and I both had that happen, you mm -hmm. know, where we were primarily, we didn't go, we didn't travel, we didn't do conferences and all that. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's a totally, we had to come through a depressing time. I don't mean we had to, we came through a depressing time. And what the had to is we need to remember, you know, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, That's you know. Right. That's right. That's right. And I, I mean, I, I believe that uh, there was a there was a lot of awakening that happened during that time, Steve. Yeah. And and so I think that now that a lot of the church is waking up now, we have to understand it's not just a matter of being awake. It's a matter of starting to walk through these doors hmm. that God is opening before us. And and um, and so as I've kind of prayed about it, I felt like the Lord just said, you know, there's, there's supernatural doors of access and that God's going to do miracles in this season that we don't even know how to pray for right now. Mm. Let me clarify that. You yeah. know, when, when, um, when, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea, you know, they, they had the Pharaohs and his armies were coming down on them from behind and there was nowhere to go across the Red Sea. Mm -mm. They, they didn't even know how to pray for deliverance. They didn't even know how to, what kind of miracle to pray for. And yet God parted the Red Sea and turned the Red Sea into a door. Turned mm, it into a supernatural good. door that gave them access away from their enemies. But we have to remember, they didn't have that Bible story to say, God, yeah. to then do that now. No, no, no. God just showed up and did the impossible. You know, even God, I remember that part. There's a part where Moses is crying out to God. And God, if you use a paraphrased version, he's, God said, why are you crying out to me? Quit crying out to me and get the people moving. That was what he said. Stop <laughs> praying and get the people moving. And go. at least Moses knew to say, okay. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, so, and then the Lord said this to Moses. He said, the enemies that you see today, these Egyptians that you see today, you're never going to see again. So good. I think that's a promise for us that a lot of the stuff we've been dealing with, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you it's going to be an easy season, 
But I do believe that there's a crossing over season. And if God needs to part a Red Sea, if God needs to do something that's supernatural and seemingly impossible, he's going to do that because he hears the cry of his people. And I think that whatever we went through in COVID, whatever we went through in the last election, we got to shake ourselves from that stuff. We got to shake ourselves knowing that God was on the throne all along. And um, yeah. back, you know, back during that time, I heard the Lord say it was right, even before January 6th and that whole crazy stuff that went yeah. on um, January 4th. We were in a time of intercession and I heard the Lord just say, you need to tell my people that I'm up to something. Mm, that's good. And I, and I kind of leaned in thinking the Lord was going to tell me what he was up to, but he did not. <laughs> OK, <laughs> he didn't do that. Yeah. I knew he was saying, listen, I've heard your cries. I've heard your prayers. Um, I'm on my throne. You're going to have to trust me in this process because yeah. I'm up to something. And so I think that we're in that Red Sea moment where we're going to have to let the Lord cross us out of being constantly pursued by our enemies into a season of crossing over and then ultimately possessing the land. Because listen, you know, Israel had a great opportunity to go in and possess the land and they instead they wandered in the wilderness. That yeah. needs to be a warning to us. God's going to open tremendous doors but we've got to go in and we've got to possess what God is laying before us, yeah. recognizing that he's rising up and fighting. Yeah, and that whole thing with Israel, there's that part that I, I preached on this several times, but that they named that when they had done all of these miracles and took them across the, the Red Sea and gave them fresh water, and then they still complained. Uh, <laughs> he said they named that place Massa and Meribah. I remember the names of the, what they called it, because which was translated with, is God with us or not. Mm-hmm. And God at that point at Mass America said, I was angry with that generation for 40 years. And I said, they are swore in my wrath. They will never enter my rest. They had an obligation to, okay, God showed them things that had never been recorded in history. And then they start complaining again about a little water that's, you know, so the point being how we apply that is very clear. If God's going to open doors this year, yeah. there'll be doors that he doesn't open at the same time. Right. What's our attitude going to be? On that? Exactly right. Exactly right. We've got to make sure that the crooked places that are being made straight are being made straight right in here. There you go. In our yeah. own heart. I mean, we yeah. believe it to happen out there, but we also need to make sure that God's aligning our heart and aligning our faith to everything that he wants to do. So I just, I look forward to lots of, I mean, you can study out in the scripture, the doors of, of the supernatural. I mean, I, I love the story of the Shunammite in second Kings four, um, the, the Shunammite woman that was barren and, and the prophet It's one of my favorite passages to preach out of, but the prophet, you know, she built a, a room for the prophet in her house instead of the prophet just coming through and having a meal and going on his way. She actually built a room for the prophet in her own house. And I yeah. feel like that's a challenge to all of us that see, it's really easy just to say, Oh, a prophet's coming to town. Let me be blessed. Let me get a word from the prophet. Oh, that's Yeah, that's good. What he really wants us to do is build a room for the prophet in our own house, build a room for the voice of God in your business, build a room for the voice of God in your church, build a place for the voice of God to, to habitate with us. So it's not just about whenever a prophet comes to town, but the voice of God is living with us. It's dwelling with us and it's creating a space in our life that fills us on every level yeah. and begins to unlock miracles. Because what, what the prophet then did is he sent his disciple, his, uh, his, his servant Gehazi to say, Hey, she's been such a blessing to us. What can we do for her? And I know that whenever we make a place for the prophetic in our own life, that God looks for ways to bless yeah. us. He does. And- I mean, he, the, uh, I could talk about stories and stories, but, um, well, I'm going to not interrupt your flow because I got two or three things I would just tell stories on. But I'll, let's let's let you keep going on this. So, so when he when he asked the lady, you know, what is it that you want? She said, you know, we're we're wealthy, we're well off, we're respected in our community. I don't really need anything. And um, and the the he went back and told the prophet that, and the prophet said, call call that. He said, but you know, I know she doesn't have a child. And he said, well, call her. And it actually says that she came and she stood in the doorway. Oh, really? She stood in the doorway. Why? Because the doorway is throughout scripture, oftentimes the place that we encounter God Mm. and the time that we encounter the miraculous. When Abraham and Sarah were told they were going to have a child, they were standing in the doorway of their tent. 
whenever God would come down and visit Moses, he would visit him in the doorway of the tabernacle. Mm. Mm. And I just think that when you study that, the gate mm. beautiful, the lame man was healed, mm. the gate beautiful, the doorway into the temple. And so when she stood in the doorway, the prophet said to her, you know, she, he said, this time next year, you're going to hold your son. And I wish I could tell you, she just went, thank you, prophet, for that awesome word. But instead, she said, prophet, don't lie to me. <laughs> don't lie to me. Don't mess with me, prophet. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm come to peace with my Aren't you glad that's there, though? Because then it, 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 it gives it us. It encouragement to us, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I remember times when I we were going through the thick of it, and, and I, I got to the place where I didn't want one more prophecy. This is long after I'd been through there. You know, we were going through the depths, and I had to really discipline myself to to not despise prophecy because nothing was coming true. Yet I kept hearing it. But you're, you're still instructed not to despise the word. Anyway, I'll, that's my message. No, that's no, that's 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 really the gist of this whole thing. And so yeah. next year she had a baby, and and uh, he he grew up. And then of course we know later on in that chapter the little boy is out working in the fields with his dad, and he falls over dead. And you know what? She because she prepared a place for the voice of God. She carried that boy, that dead boy, that dead vision, that dead promise up to the prophet's chamber and laid him on the prophet's bed. Man, man. She to lay him. Come on, when we get the promises of God, it just doesn't mean that everything's going to go great. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have a trial or a difficulty. But when we built a place for God's voice in our life, we have a place to take our disappointment and our grief and our sorrow and our difficulty. And we have a place mm. where we can stand on the word and say, God, you said. And then she ran and got the prophet. And it's so funny, really, if you think of what she said to the prophet. She said, hey, prophet, I didn't ask for this boy. You gave him to me. Now come and raise him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. I can hear my wife do that. If that, were, if that were to happen, she would have been in his face. She's pretty quiet. But she wouldn't be at that point. Got a backbone to steal that lady. I know she does. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> we have to realize, I believe this year, that we are standing in the doorway of our miracle. Mm. I mean, we're standing in the doorway, we're receiving. And sometimes people, you know, she was a barren woman. She probably experienced all kinds of hope deferred. Um, you know, and of course scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, but I love the way that it says it. I think it's in the message translation. It says mm. unrelenting disappointment can make your heart break. Oh yeah, yeah. A sudden good break can turn yeah. your life around. And I believe as we're, as we're standing in the doorway, some of you that are listening, you're like Steve, you believed, you believed, you've heard the word, oh, yeah. heard the promise over and over and over again, and you don't see the fruit of it. But I really believe that the Lord is saying a sudden good break will turn your life around. That's this so is gonna good. be of amazing suddenlies um, as we're walking through the doors of destiny that God has prepared for us. And, you and know, I, I, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, that story that you're telling and you're describing it, this is kind of rare for me on the show, but all of a sudden tears are trying to make their way up. I'm trying to keep them back, but I'm tapping into the absolute insistence of this mother who was not going to take no for an answer from, right. from the prophet, you know, and it just, you know, sweeping over me. People watching this are grabbing hold of that right there. And they're not letting that go. They said, I heard these people talking on Elijah's dreams, and I'm not going to let this thing go with my kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. people I that are kids that are prodigals and all that. I'm just saying that real quick because that's what I think is happening out there a lot. But I agree. Yeah. I think prodigals are coming home. I think mm. people that have sought the Lord for years for certain healings are going to see mm. healings manifest. Yeah. I believe people that have known kind of one financial disaster after the next, but are dreaming yeah. and continue to believe the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is the time that I really believe that God's saying that he's activating um, not just the word, but the fulfillment of the word and that we're standing in that doorway. And, uh, you know, we, we just need to open up our arms and begin to receive the things that the Lord yeah. promised to us in previous yeah. seasons and kind of move past the grief of this last season when maybe you experienced a lot of loss yeah. um, past that grief and into a place of renewed faith and uh, and renewed determination to lay hold on everything that God has for you. Cause I, I believe it's this yeah. season. And, and yeah. I would love to 
just tell you that it's just that glorious year of walking through the open door. But you know, Steve, the next part of the word that the Lord gave me was to tell people that this is going to be a year of victory in the valley. Okay. And we we're talking about doors that comes out of Hosea chapter two, verse 15, where it says, I will give you the valley of Achor for a door of hope. So that's uh, I'm not familiar with that. Is that Achor means? Achor is the valley of Achor where Achan was judged. Okay. So if you remember, Achan was the person that, yeah. that stole things out of Jericho. When they yeah, now it. I remember. I, yeah. God had to judge him. And the word Achor means trouble, disaster, mm. and calamity. So that kind of gives you a little so, bit. Of so say that scripture again, then now that we know those. Hosea chapter two, verse 15, I will give you the valley of Achor for a door of hope. So I'll give you the valley of trouble and I'll turn it into a door of hope. I see. That's what he's saying. Okay. And I just believe that God's going to help us walk through a season where there's some things that are going to trouble us. There's going to be some things that are going to look a little bit like a calamity. It's yeah. a little bit of shaking that, that is going to happen. And I, I can't give you any more detail than that, except to say that I think that they're shaking. There could be an economic shaking. shaking. It could be a yeah. shaking. It, there's, I think, a lot of different things that are already shaking. Yeah. And I, I love the way that it says it in Hebrews chapter 12 when it talks about God said, I'll shake everything that can be shaken. Uh, I'll shake everything that can be shaken, will be shaken. So that that which cannot be shaken will remain. But we serve a kingdom that's unshakable. Yeah. Um, and, and the way that it says it in the Passion Translation is God says, I'm going to shake the systems of this world and the unseen hidden powers. Mm. So well, let me just say, I think that's what we're going to see shaking. Yeah. Unseen hidden powers and the systems of this world are go going to be shaken. And so the Lord says, but I'm going to give you the valley of Achor for a door of hope kind of a similar scripture is kind of like I've got good news and I've got bad news yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things but I'll give it to you as a door of hope um, is out of first Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 and it says this the Paul the apostle Paul is speaking and he's saying God has set a great and effectual door open before me that's the good news yeah the rest of that verse says and there are many adversaries hmm isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the good news, bad news. There's going to be some shaking. There's going to be some adversaries. Um, I, I've not lived one year yet, Steve, where I've not had to face some adversaries. Right. Um, but we have to understand that sometimes in order to go through the open door that he's given to us, we have to face the adversaries. Mm. Um, but there's a promise out of Isaiah 28, verse 5 and 6, where it says that the Lord's going to give strength to those to turn the battle at the gate. So as much as this is a year of going through an open door, I believe that the Lord's saying, we're going to take gates. And again, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against us. We're going to understand what it means to fight in the valley. Now, I went and I started studying valleys when I heard the Lord say, I'm going to give victory in the valley. And I started studying out the, 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 the mm. stories that have to do with valleys. And there's so many of them, I can't even go into all of them, but let me just focus on a couple of them because we all want to talk about the mountaintop. The mountaintop is the place of his glory, the place of presence, the place of vision where we can see in all directions uh, very, very clearly. But it's the valley that speaks of sometimes the trial, the difficulty, the challenge, but the valley is also where fruit is grown. Yeah. You know? on a mountaintop you grow fruit in the valley when you go through stuff and so some of you may be going through some personal valleys but when you really look at it in scripture the valleys were also almost always incredible places of battle we can see the the very verse that you talked about the water from the rock the very next thing that happened in exodus chapter 17 is that they were the israelites were passing through the land and the amalekites came out against them and Moses, if you remember the story, Moses went up on the hill with the, the rod and lifted right. the rod and Joshua was down in the battle fighting with the sword. And I think in that valley, what we have to learn is that we need each other during yeah. this. 
This is going to be a season of battle and we need each other. There's going to be intergenerational connection because Moses lifted the rod up to God, connecting to God, but he needed Joshua's sword to fight the battle and to win. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Joshua, on the other hand, needed Moses's rod of authority to empower him to prevail. So there's got to be some intergenerational connection and intergenerational joining together. Then we also see that Moses had Aaron and her lifting up his hands in the battle. So I believe in this season of time, it is imperative that we know who we are connected to. We're not in this battle on our own. And that in that battle, they fought the Amalekites and the Amalekites are, um, their name is synonymous with robbers or plunderers or Mm. some sort of robbery, because every time you see them coming, they're robbing from Israel Mm. and their name actually has that connotation. And so I believe that the Lord's going to bring us in this season, if we learn how to get our connections to heaven right, if we learn how to get our connections with one another right, and intergenerational connections generationally, I believe that we're going to see robbery transformed into recovery. And whatever the enemy, the thief has stolen from you, I believe we're going to see divine recovery happening this year. And of course, scripture says, if you catch a thief, he's got to restore. One scripture says double. Another scripture says sevenfold. So yeah, we'll take the seven, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. So we may be battling in the valley, but it's not. Listen, this battle is not like the battle of the last three and a half years, Steve. It's mm-hmm. not just battling to survive. It's battling to possess. Okay. You're saying yeah. the battle we're entering into is not yeah. like the last three. Yeah. It's not just about keeping your head above water, keeping your bills paid, keeping, you know, keeping, keeping yourself alive. This is not just about battling to survive. It's about battling to lay hold of and possess the promises that God is giving to us. So the battle's shifting. And let me just say this. I don't know about you, but that brings a lot more joy to me than just thinking, oh, we're just going to just keep battling to survive. (laughs) No, I mean. Yeah. Some, some people, and I probably have tended to be, at least in the past, where don't give me a battle to fight. Just help me fight through it. But don't, you know, so I don't relish it. People like you probably do. Graham Cook says, I love a good fight. And I <laughs> I can't honestly say I love a good fight, but do, are you one of those that loves but, a good but fight? you love victory, don't you? I do love victory. That's and the, the only truth. way you get victory is to fight. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, and it's like, you know, I, what's popping in my head right now is, you know, I'm pretty um, even keel all the time. I don't get in anybody's business. But but one time when my daughter, my daughter's been married 12 years, but this is many 15, 20 years ago, some guy talked her into giving his phone, her phone number to him while she's at the grocery store. And I said, that is not going to happen. And we drink out on the phone or something and said, don't you ever call again. And I de- decreed and declared, and I hadn't even done decrees yet. That guy is not coming to this house, you know. <laughs> so that was a fight, you right. know. You know, and it's, it may not be a fight to possess, but I'm possessing my daughter's destiny, you know. Absolutely, and there and there are reasons that we have to fight. I am not. Yeah. I, I actually am not a fighter as far as just trying to pick a fight. But yeah. let me tell you, if, when I see the devil messing with my kids, yeah, that's messing with my grandkids. When I see the devil messing with people in my church, um, you know, I, I, there was we were reading. My husband and I were reading the Passion Translation, and uh, yeah, that Jesus was moved with compassion and he healed them all. And we went and we looked at the Aramaic word for compassion, and it can also be translated anger. Really, Jesus was moved with anger, not at the oh, people. Oh, really? Anger at the enemy for taking advantage of these people. So compassion and anger have this, That's this, really... this pathos that has this, this emotion behind it. So sometimes when you're laying hands and you're praying for somebody, you have compassion for the person, but an anger for the enemy. You know, I have to tell you this, this really short story. This just happened a few weeks back, but maybe eight weeks, but my son-in-law, I have two son-in-laws and he got, he was at the County fair with his family and he went on this, Thing where they flip you over and it, the thing caught his forearm and ripped the muscles off the bone. It's a certain name for that injury. It's extremely painful. They say 
and it's detached and some people never get the use of their arm back after that. Wow. Uh, and I, I, I was waiting. We had a couple on that was giving words of knowledge and at, I waited to the end in case they made say something. And then I said, I'm going to tell you what happened. I told him a quick story and he had, he had a quick word of knowledge, uh, perfectly good word of knowledge. He said, I see, I, I see that he's going to be completely healed. He said, it's still going to look funny maybe, but it's, it's completely healed. And Doreen heard that and she said, no. And she wasn't against the guy that had the word. She right. wasn't going to accept that level from the Lord. She was going to accept all the way or nothing, not, maybe not or nothing. She said, and she got every intercessor known to man on that. And they, she said, we're contending for normal arm, normal healing. So he goes through a surgery, which they all have to do to reattach it. We were just at a family reunion with them. He's completely normal looking. There's no weird thing. He's, you know, he's almost got, they tell him don't lift 20, more than 25 pounds yet. They, they graduate them up to right. lifting uh -huh. more weight. But she did that. She, it would not have turned out that way. I am absolutely convinced had she not got that mama bear thing. And it wasn't against the good word. It was, no. I want better. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, earlier this year, we uh, are we were getting on a plane and, and our oldest daughter, our, our second daughter had a uh, a massive seizure. She'd never had a oh. seizure before. She seized for over five minutes and she stopped breathing and she basically died. Steve, right on the getting on a plane, getting a plane. And I want you to know every fiber of my being was crying out to heaven. And we commanded life back into her, and she came back to life, Steve. And I'm telling you, just prayed sweet little petitioning, compassionate prayers. It came because we were bombarding the gates of heaven and pushing back the gates of hell and contending to see her life uh, restored. And, and the Lord was faithful. He brought her back, and she's in ministry with us today. Um, wow. We prayed those kinds of prayers for a miracle working God. So I want to encourage people if the devil's been robbing from you, you don't have to just sit back and take it there. It says it, it, that Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he does. But let me tell you, you can have abundant life. You can have a life that's super abundant in quality of, uh, you know, incredible, super abundance in every single area. So just don't take what the thief is dishing out. Okay. Yeah. And that's one of the, the battles in the valley that we had to learn about. Um, and so there's so many different valleys. David fought Goliath in the Valley of Elah, Steve, mm, wow. another valley battle. And of course, you know, one of the things that I learned from, from that very famous story and that I think is so important for us prophetically today is that we need to realize that what happened as soon as David showed up on that battlefield in that valley is that Goliath began to curse David by his gods. That's what it says. He cursed David by his gods. Mm. And so we need to understand is that God has given us power over all the power of the enemy. Hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft. Let me just say, I do not believe that they have to have power over us. We've got to recognize that God's put uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is a curse breaker, Steve. And so the Goliath cursed David by gods. And then the next thing Goliath did is he prophesied to David. He started prophesying. He said, this day I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. That's, that was a prophecy. Yeah, it was. Was prophesying to David. So what we have to understand in this season right now is that the devil is prophesying. He's trying to prophesy and promote doom, gloom, destruction. He's trying to promote his own victory. He's trying to bring intimidation. He's trying to bring fear. But we've got to learn to be like David, that when Goliath is out there prophesying to us, we need to learn to prophesy right back. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And he turned around and did. He prophesied. He did. He prophesied. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that you would defy the armies of the living God? This day I'm going to take your head from you. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air so that all the world may know that there is a God in Israel. <laughs> David just started letting it Now that's a prophecy right there. Right. And so what? That's what we've got to do. Yeah. When we hear the devil filling the atmosphere, filling the airways, filling the narrative in this voice war and bombarding mm. things, trying to put people in retreat and intimidation. We just got to start opening up our mouth and prophesying. Because I'm telling you, Steve, Isaiah 30, 31 says the voice of the Lord will shatter the enemy. That's a scripture. The voice of the Lord will shatter the enemy. That's so good. That's a really I'm sitting there. 
Yeah, taking that one in, the voice of the so, so, so When the enemy starts coming against our family, our finances, our business, our churches, our ministries, our nation, we need to open up our mouths and we need to start declaring. We need to start prophesying. We need to start saying what God says into that atmosphere and seeing those things break because God is going to give us victory in the valley this year. So many other valleys. I mean, you can talk about the valley of dry bones, dead bones coming back to life. You can uh, you can talk about um, Jehoshaphat was in the valley of uh, mm. Jehoshaphat's valley surrounded by the enemy. Um, and uh, we know the story, you know, believe the Lord, you'll be established, believe his prophets and you'll prosper. Yeah. Sent the praisers out first. Praise is going to be so key in this season, Steve, that we're making sure that our mouths stay in alignment with heaven by singing and saying and prophesying and decreeing the things that opens the heavens up. Because we know that what happened when that happened, and this is, I think that ever since we've been in the 2020s, we've been in Second Chronicle 2020. So for your listeners that have not read Second Chronicles 2020 for a while, I encourage you to go read it because that is this decade. This is if my, the one, if my people who called by my name, right? Second Chronicles yeah. 2020 is the battle of Jehoshaphat. Oh, okay. And they, went from the, and they went from the valley of battle, the valley of Jehoshaphat into the valley of Bar- Barakah, which means the valley of blessing. Mm. Because when they praised the Lord, God caused um, a, a spirit yeah. to come upon the enemy where they turned on each other and destroyed each other. And I think we're going to see some of that, Steve. I think that we're going to see the enemy start turning on each other and destroying each other. I think we're going to see it in the spirit. I think we're going to see some things in the natural. And because the people of God are not getting fleshly, but we're yeah. getting the spirit, keeping our mouths in alignment with heaven and then letting heaven come down and begin to cause the enemy to destroy themselves. And then he brought them into the Valley of Barakah where it took them days and days and days to gather up the spoil. How about I that? Love it. I love that. that. <laughs> I love that. So, so I think that we've got a lot of great things in store for us over this next year, Steve. But I also think that we're going to have to contend. We're going to have to be on our toes. We're going to have to listen to the voice of God. We're going to have to see things the way that the Lord sees them. And if you will, Steve, let me just say one more valley. Because yeah. This yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. My heart when yeah. I started studying this out. And it was the, the, the Kidron Valley, which is where you find the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, that valley that you look from the mountain to the gates there, there's that dip. That's the valley of. And that's where you found the Garden of Gethsemane. So yeah. Jesus himself fought a battle in a valley. Hmm. And it was a battle with his own flesh. That was the place where he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, Mm. not my will, but thine be done. And it was in that valley, in that garden, that Jesus sweat drops of blood. Mm. It was the beginning of his blood being shed for our redemption. And we know that the redemption happened on the cross, but the, the blood started. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was already beginning the cleansing, if you will. He had to yeah. die, and he had to give up his life, but the bleeding had started. That's right. Know. That was where redemption started, was yeah. in a valley, in a garden. And I believe that God is bringing every one of us to a place where we've got to look at our own hearts, and we've got to say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Mm. This needs to be about your kingdom. This needs to be about your divine purposes. And as much as we all want to move into the Valley of Barakah, and as much as we all want to move into a season of blessing, I'm telling you the more important thing right now is that we advance the kingdom of heaven, that we're praying, not my will, but thine be done, but that we're also praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as Mm. it is in heaven. And so I I believe that in this season of time, it's so important that we um, find our place in his presence so that he can work in our hearts, just like Jesus positioned himself for his ultimate destiny as a man here in the earth realm before he died. I think that there's, um, you know, there's a a place in in our own personal hearts that God is saying, um, I'm not playing. I'm not playing games. I need all of you. I need all of your heart. I need all of your, your will engaged in this season of time so that I can bring you into the destiny that I've created you for and the victory that I've created you for. So I, I believe that the Lord's truly going to lead us into a season of victory, 
But kind of, as I said earlier, there isn't really yeah. a until it's you kind of a both it. end year. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this day who we fight. And yeah. that's the year is this day we fight, this year we fight. And yet this this year we also overcome and possess and uh, prosper. It sounds like all of the above. I believe that, yeah. And so, it, and it's all about the mouth. It's all about what are, mm. what are you releasing out of your mouth? And I, I do want to challenge our listeners that um, there is a, a I, I do believe that there's a dynamic of the Holy Spirit that God is saying, you know, I want to bring you into a time when you understand how to make decrees, where you yeah. understand how to prophesy, um, when you understand that um, that your praises really truly are a weapon. Uh, Psalms chapter eight, verse two says, um, says uh, uh, for this purpose in the NIV, it says that this way, it says for this purpose, I ordained praise because of your enemies to silence your foe and to still the avenger. That's a great scripture for this purpose. I ordained praise. Wow. For this purpose, I ordained praise to silence your foe and to still the avenger. And so a lot of what's happening is that we're opening up our mouths, we're making decrees, we're prophesying, and we're releasing things into the spiritual atmosphere that I believe have the power to shift things. And so it's not a good enough just to think it. It's not good yeah. enough just to read it. We've yeah. actually opened up our mouths and we've got to declare it. And you are and you are one of the premier uh, teachers on this. I know you've got a book called About Decrees, right? Do we have that graphic? Isn't that one of your... Breakthrough, yeah. Yeah, what's it called? Oh, let's see if it's if you breakthrough. Yeah. Declarations for breakthrough. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I hope people will get that. Where do they go to get that? Uh, they can go e either to our website, tomandjanehammond.com, or anywhere that books are sold. There you um, go. There you it's go. A it's a great. Uh, you, you live that. You wrote that year, a, few, a few years back, but you live and breathe that. Yeah, you know, a couple years ago. But I've been talking about decrees for since I wrote the Cyrus decree 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I just, I believe that it's, it's key. And we have to understand the difference between petitioning prayers yeah. or petitioning for things. And that's good. And that's right. But we also need to understand that there's times that God says, I need you to make a decree. After yeah. uh, 22, 28 says you shall decree a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your way. So I believe in this season of time that uh, the Lord's really listening to the things that we are saying. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. I think we talked about this probably seven, eight years ago, and I was struggling with the concept because I didn't really yet believe that my decrees would, you know, had the power to do that much. Right. I don't hold that view anymore. Right. I, you know, I, 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 just a couple of weeks ago, my wife went up to a birthday party and I went out in the garage. I won't even get the reason why I was out in the garage, but I went and declared and decreed and, and, um, the, the the will of God on a certain thing and I had to be out in the garage to do it. It's too too long of a story. But uh I just you know and then I realized I was gonna scare the dog because I was so loud. But um even uh, anyway that was kind of a funny thing but it was also really important, you know. And I things, things shift when we make decrees. Can I do a decree for the people yes, please do this year? Uh I'm just going to decree this. Uh, Lord, we decree that you're revealing yourself as he who opens and no man can shut. 5784 is my right time, my appointed time for my miracle. I'm standing in the doorway of the supernatural and receiving God's voice of promise. I will let go of all past disappointment, barrenness, shame and fear and step into my divine opportunities. I activate my miracle season with my voice and I make a choice to believe God in the face of impossibility. With God, all things are possible. I will possess my double door of hope this year in Jesus' name. And you will give me victory in any valley that I go through in Jesus' name. Amen. Really, really, really good. Thank you so much, Jane. Amen. I appreciate it. Uh, very, very powerful. I know a bunch of faith has gotten uh, built up am among the viewers. I can just feel it. I can see it. It's and powerful. it's powerful. So thank you so much, Jane. God bless you. Uh, give our, love to, love, our love to Tom and Bishop and uh, great memories. But, you know, the DNA of CI is right in the middle of this Elijah's dreams. We wouldn't exist were it not for the training that I received for you guys and that you're doing. So we bless wow. you guys all on that. So, all right. Well, listen, have a great day. 
uh, Jane, I bless you. And uh, let's see, uh, you're seeing this on Friday, so Johnny Enlow will be with us on Monday. So don't miss that, everybody. We'll see you again later. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.